Blog Talk Radio. God, we're grateful. Because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God. Because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength and our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified, that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life, eternal life, God. And we pray, O oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord. And we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord. Where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord. That you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're no short of your promise, Lord. And you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God. And give us a refilling, Lord. That when we leave here today, Lord, we can leave with your anointing, Lord. That as we meet men and women, boys and girls, they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you because you are a healer. You're the God that healeth thee. And healing is in your wings. And you're able to touch our feeble bodies. You're able to save our troubled souls. And in the name of Jesus, bind every demon, Lord. Every demonic force, Lord. God, that comes to keep us in the same place, Lord. We're willing, God, to surrender and say yes to your will, Lord. We're willing to turn our lives, God, over into your hands, Lord. Because we come to the place, God, where we realize like never before, we need you, Jesus. More than anything we know, we need you, Jesus. While men are trying to find God, solutions to this chaotic world, God, we're looking to you. 
you, Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our trouble lies, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise.
Psalm 105. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the people, sing unto Him, sing psalms unto Him, talk ye of all His wondrous works, glory ye in His holy name, let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord, seek the Lord and His strength, seek His face evermore, remember His marvelous works that He has done, His wonders and the judgments of His mouth. O ye seed of Abraham, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen. He is the Lord our God, his judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac, and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law, and to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying, Unto thee will I give the land of Canaan, the lot of your inheritance, when they were but a few men in number, yea, very few, and strangers in it. When they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong, yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land. He brake the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. The king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his substance, to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his senators wisdom. Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. And he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. He turned their heart to hate his people, to deal subtly with his servants. He sent Moses his servant and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They shewed his signs among them and wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made it dark, and they rebelled not against his word. He turned their waters into blood and slew their fish. Their land brought forth frogs in abundance in the chambers of their kings. He spake, and there came diverse sorts of flies and lice in all their coasts. He gave them hail for rain and flaming fire in their land. He smote their vines also and their fig trees and brake the trees of their coasts. He spake, and the locusts came, and caterpillars, and that without number, and did eat up all the herbs in their land, and devoured the fruit of their ground. He smote also all the firstborn in their land, the chief of all their strength. He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of them fell upon them. He spread a cloud for a covering, and fire to give light in the night. The people asked, and he brought quails, and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock, and the waters gushed out. They ran in the dry places like a river, for he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant, and he brought forth his people with joy, and his chosen with gladness, and gave them the lands of the heathen, and they inherited the labor of the people, that they might observe his statutes and keep his laws. Praise ye the Lord.
covering. I'm gonna wear your robe. I'm gonna wear your righteous mane everywhere I go. You're gonna light my candle, sun. You're gonna make it shine. You're gonna lead me to the throne. I'm a testify. I am a working man. I get things done. Work for the Holy Ghost. Work for the sun. Child, I was born in the north. I was born in the autumn time. Lord, he knows what for. I was born when leaves turn red, born when things are dying. But I was born with a big old mouth. I am a working man. I get things done. Work for the Holy Ghost. Work for the Son. video. I know it's been really long overdue. Uh, some of you guys from TikTok have been asking about it and um, now it's the right time to talk about it. I know I've talked about it a little bit on TikTok but I haven't really got like too in-depth about it. So um, I wanted to get more in-depth about what happened and how I turned my life to Christ, how I started walking with God. So um, when I was 
young, my mom, like, she grew us all up in church, so we all, like, grew up in church, but uh, we, we didn't really have a personal relationship with God or anything. Um, we used to go to church and um, do a lot of activities and stuff. We prayed to God and things like that, but um, we didn't really know God personally. We just were just obedient to my mom at that time. And at that time, when we were younger, um, my mom, she found Christ when we were kids. And she was learning about God herself, and she just literally taught us everything, like, that she knew. Um, So, growing up, like, everything was good. We did a lot of religious things and stuff when it came to, like, Christianity and God. But um, when I turned 18, um, I literally, like, right after I turned 18, I started to slowly stray away from God. And... I don't really even know how it just happened. It was just like one day, like I just started hanging around the wrong people. And um, I just was literally slowly straying away from God. Um, So I'm going to be giving a lot of like dates and ages and stuff just so you can understand like what happened in certain time frames. So um, from 18 to 20 from 18 to 22 um that was just literally like right after high school for me um I started to hang around the wrong people um I started to smoke weed and stuff and at that time like I was just really just doing what everybody else was doing around me like the people that I was hanging around with like uh they were from a whole nother side of like life that I did not grow up around because when I was growing up I was sheltered too so Um, It was just really something exciting for me at that time, and I was just, like, desperate for acceptance. So um, I followed the wrong crowd of people, and I remember I would hang around people who were, like, doing, like, real drugs, like, hardcore drugs and stuff, and they were, were, like, my age, too, and some were even younger, and um, I was just literally straying away from God at that point, and then I started to get into, like, dating Um, and stuff like that and I remember I had dated like this one guy and he was like one year younger than me at that time and he like really broke my heart at that time so I I was like 18 years old and he like really hurt my feelings and everything and I was so depressed like I was so depressed at that time because like he had cheated on me or whatever so to speak and it just really hurted me so bad so I don't know what happened that day, but, like, that day, like, I looked at men differently from that point on. Like, I looked at um, men as, like, revenge after that. And I know a lot of young girls can relate to stuff like that. Like, when, you know, you date someone and they, like, so to speak, like, you know, break your heart and you start to be hard-hearted about things. So, um, after that day... I just was I just grew a deep hatred about guys like men or boys or whatever. So I remember I had ran across this like YouTube video, like on my YouTube at that time, I was eighteen, and there was this guy and he was talking about like laws of attraction and how to manipulate uh, men to get things out of them and get what you want from them and stuff like that and an 18 year old person like me like I was really intrigued about it because he was giving you like he was teaching you on how to you know manipulate and stuff like that so that was really like 
really intriguing to me at that time. And um, so I started to get more and more into that. And I would look up stuff like that religiously with that particular YouTuber. Like I was studying things and I just had a deep hatred in my heart and I wanted to get back um, by manipulating men and stuff. And I was really hurting myself. Like I was not getting no fulfillment out of doing what I was doing, but I felt like I had some sense of like power for doing it. Um, so from 18, after that guy had broke my heart, from 18 to 22, I was, you know, talking to guys, even dating guys and manipulating them. Like, it was really bad. Like, and um, it was really triggered from that one person when I was 18. And I just started to be just heartless, like, with situations with guys. Like, I didn't even, like, feel bad for the stuff that I was doing at that time. Um, and I was nowhere near close with God at all. So I was doing a lot of, like, manipulation. I was looking into zodiac signs with different guys that I was dating. I was going, like, in depth with stuff like that and just doing a lot of sorcery. Um, and if you guys don't know what sorcery is, it's basically, like, any form of witchcraft. Um, so, like, you know, New Age spirituality or... Uh, astrology or manipulation anything like that you are trying to control a narrative uh, that falls under the line of sorcery so I was basically doing stuff like that and um, I know there's a Bible scripture in the Bible and it talks about like you reap what you sow so basically from 18 to 22 I was doing stuff like that and when I turned um, 22 I met a guy and I didn't even meet the guy like he met me and he was seven years older than me at that time um and actually he knew me before I was 22 um he had seen me in a library like two years before but I didn't know who he was so when I turned 22 um I had met this guy and he was seven years older than me and um one day I was on Snapchat and I had posted on my Snapchat, I was like, I'm bored and I want to like hang out with somebody who's, who wants to like hang out. And I remember this person, he had like slid up on my Snapchat and he said like he wanted to hang out. So we ended up going to like this um, jazz festival or whatever um, and we went there. And even though I was far away from God, like when I was, when I met this guy, like just his presence was very dark. I can't even really explain it, but like, um, when I first met him, like, his his aura was, like, so dark, but I didn't understand, like, what that was. I was really far away from God, so, like, the fact that I even felt that presence was kind of interesting, but I didn't really know how to pinpoint it. I just knew that when I first met him, like, his whole presence was just dark. And um, we were, like, at this jazz place, and... It was just something mysterious and dark about him, but I didn't really know how to pinpoint it. I didn't even know it was demonic, like, it was, like, the presence was demonic or anything. Like, I just was interested in seeing, like, you know, I was curious, basically. So, you know, we started talking and stuff, and, um, you know, we started hanging out and stuff, like, almost every day, and we would just, like, hang out and stuff and get to know each other, and, you know eventually like he you know wanted to you know like date me and stuff like that so we started dating and um 
the whole relationship, like, his presence was just always dark, and I couldn't really understand until, you know, fast forward, I'll get more deeper into that, but um, he was a, a very mysterious person, and I think the reason why I stayed with him was because, like, there was a lot of things, like, that I wanted to know more about him because he was so, like, reserved with a lot of information, um, and so basically we started, we started dating, and you know, uh, he smoked, he drunk, and stuff like that. Um, he was just, he just had a lot of stuff going on. He was doing a lot of bad things, and he really wanted me to do those things with him. And like, it came to a point that we would clash a lot because I was with him for two years, and um, we would clash a lot because like there were a lot of things that I just was not comfortable with, and he would keep pressing me about them. Um, I personally did not want to like sleep with him or anything like in our relationship because like I wanted to like wait about that and stuff like that um, and he was just so adamant about it so we ended up doing that so basically I would drink with him I would you know smoke with him and um, you know we were you know didn't have an intercourse basically so um, I was just noticing that I had no relationship with God at that point I just didn't feel like I knew God at all. But, like, if I had an emergency or something, like, or I needed to pray to God, like, I knew how to pray to God for something I needed. But I was just basically using God at that point. So, um, you know, more and more in our relationship, things were going well in the beginning. Um, he was still trying to, like, pull me away and, like, manipulate me with stuff. He was very good at manipulating. And I think I told y'all previously, like, you know, you reap what you sow. So, like, I basically got back what I was doing to other men in the past, and he was doing it to me. So, um, he was very manipulative. Um, there came a point where I had found out, like, he was cheating on me and stuff, and it really broke my heart. It hurted me really bad. Um, he just, you know, we would go and travel, like, you know, we would, like, you know, go travel out the country or something, and he just really wanted me to, like, just get sloppy drunk like he just really wanted me to do that he just really wanted me to like get as high and drunk as he was and I could never like fulfill what he wanted and um also I had told him like you know because apart like about the drinking like my dad was an alcoholic so I would tell him like you know I can't drink too much because I don't want to be like my father or anything and he would say okay and stuff but he would still persuade me to or uh, peer pressure me into drinking and everything like that so um there was a you know a point of time where you know and I feel like God was really distancing distancing us at a point of time in the relationship towards the end of the relationship we would try to hang out and we couldn't hang out like I just was so far away from God like I was starting to dress like just weird like I I'm not the type of person that like you know dress like body or nothing but like that's how I was like more geared he was gearing me towards that direction he was just really trying to mold me into this like doll that he wanted to just take advantage of and use to his own advantage and I was slowly going in that direction of like him just painting me up into like somebody that he wanted um like just to like manipulate or have um like to just have like as a toy or something so I was noticing like I was just 
not myself like I was starting to like be what I've seen on social media I was starting to be like somebody that I'm not I was like so like my mindset was so different it was just about like just getting money and you know having that like Instagram lifestyle with this person and I knew it wasn't me but like that's just the route that I was going down and I did not like it but I just stayed doing it because you know he was influencing me to do it because he wanted that lifestyle look too um and you know there was a point in time where we were just like we were slowly not talking and hanging out as much and I felt like literally that was God like just separating us and um but we kept trying to make it work towards the end of the relationship so you know uh one day I went to go hang out at his house after uh work because um I had a salon uh literally like five minutes from his house and after work I went to go hang out with him and uh I went to go chill at his house and he was a a manager at a dispensary so he was like he managed the dispensary um for like you know marijuana and stuff like that so one day he comes home at his apartment and he's like hey like you know try these like edibles like I want you to try these edibles and I told him because I, I just didn't want to do it and I told him I was like you know I don't really want to do that like I have so much to do today like I don't want to like take that like so basically he was just like you know persuading me to take it and I didn't want to take it and he ended up like playing with me like tickling me to take the edible so that's what had happened I, I, I spit out half of it because it was like a cookie and I, I uh, split I, I didn't eat the whole thing and um, after he seen that I didn't eat the whole thing he seen it and he was like no take the whole thing or whatever so um, he manipulated me to take the whole thing and mind y'all he was very manipulative like I can't even I can't even put it into words like I've never met anybody like that um he was he just knew how to manipulate a lot of situations not even just with me but just with his whole entire life he just knew how to manipulate so um I ended up taking it by pressure um and like I was on the phone with my dad before uh he had gave me that edible and then literally like my mom had called me like 10 minutes after I took the edible so at this point I took the whole edible and I don't know how many milligrams it was I don't know like all that stuff or anything like that but um he had a or after uh like 10 minutes my mom had called me and my mom was like hey like can you come home to the house like I need you to do something real quick and um I said okay so I told him I'm like I'll be right back like I'm gonna go help my mom or whatever and he's like okay so I get in the car I'm driving to the house we lived uh 10 minutes from his house my mom can't call me and she told me to come to the house so I got in the car and I was driving to the house and I normally take like the regular way to get home but unfortunately like there was a car accident right there where I normally go to go home and I'm like dang like I gotta go another way and I'm starting to notice in the car like I'm while I'm driving like I'm starting to notice that like it's uncomfortable to drive so I'm like dang I can barely drive and I got so scared that like I called my mom and I'm telling her I'm like hey I'm still you know like I'm on my way home and she's like okay like I know you're coming and she didn't know like what I just did like I just took an edible but she didn't know that 
and I'm like, okay, uh, well, I guess I'm on my way. And um, I had to take a detour to get home. And I'm noticing like when I'm in the car, I'm like two minutes from the house. I just literally just start laughing in the car while I'm driving. And I'm like, what's in the world am I laughing about? Like in my mind, I'm thinking like, I have no reason to be laughing this hard. Like I'm just trying to get home. So like that was so weird to me. And then I ended up, like, soon as I pulled into the parking lot or into the driveway of our house, I turned the car off, and, like, I'm, I'm just sitting there, like, I'm about to, like, open the door. Like, I'm about to, like, open the door and get out. And as soon as I turned the car off and I'm literally, like, taking off my seatbelt, trying to take off my seatbelt and get out of the car, I just froze. Like, I just literally froze, and I could not move. And I'm sitting there in the car, like, trying to move, and I could not move at all. Like, I couldn't move my body. And now my mind is just, like, running rampant. Like, it's just like, what the heck is going on? Like, I'm trying to move my body, and I literally was just sitting there, like, stuck in the car. And my life just started flashing before me. Like, everything in my life just started replaying in my head at this point because I could not move. And it wasn't like I was thinking about my life. Like, no, like, my life started flashing before my my my, my eyes. Like, I started thinking about everything that happened in life and everything that happened that people warned me about. I started to think about those things. Like, they were playing in my head. Like, all the warnings in life that people uh, think about, like, or whatever. Like, I started thinking about everything that I did in the past, all the bad things that I did. Like, I started, that stuff started to replay in my head. And things started to replay in my head that, people warned me about and I still chose the opposite way and I'm sitting in the car mind you I can't move but my mind is going crazy like I'm thinking about everything and I get this like sharp pain in my in my in my head and this pain like when I tell people this testimony like it felt like like no pain on earth feels worse like I tell people to, like, write every single painful thing on a piece of paper that you can, like, imagine that's painful on earth. In times of infinity, like, that's the pain that I felt, like, in my brain, like, in my head. And I couldn't move. I felt this pain. And I'm trying to move, and I'm, like, trying to get out of, like, what, what I'm in right now, and I could not move my body. And uh, the pain was so bad that, like, I wanted to, like, off myself. Like, that's how bad it felt. And uh, I literally felt like I was about to die. Like, that's how I felt. I felt like when we watch movies and we see people when they're, like, leaving, everything starts to replay in their head. Like, that's exactly what happened to me. And um, the enemy starts coming in my head, and he starts telling me, like, you want to make this pain go away, um, off yourself. So he's telling me that in my head, y'all. And then literally after he said that, like, I was able to move. So literally after he told me to, like, look for something in the car to kill myself, I don't even know if I can say that word, but, like, off myself, um, he lets me move and I'm able to look in the car. Like, I'm literally searching in the car for something to off myself to make this head pain go away. And it was so strong. Like, that pain was so strong. Like, you like you rather somebody like set you on fire like I would rather somebody right now to set me on fire and I will sit here and like just 
endure the pain. Like that pain hurts nothing like this pain, this eternal torment that you feel in here, like that you feel here. And so the enemy says that to me in my head and I'm starting to like look around like for something sharp and to cut my wrist or my neck because I'm trying to make this pain go away. And mind you, I've never, my whole years of living, I've never had any, you know, thoughts or wanting to off myself ever in my life, like ever. So this literally came out of nowhere. So I'm looking in the car, like trying to find something. I couldn't find anything. And then I got back froze again and everything just kept replaying. Like all the thoughts in my head kept replaying. So like the pain that I was feeling, like it kept going this whole experience. So I want you guys to keep that in mind. The pain that I was telling y'all about that it just, it felt like every single painful thing on earth times it by affinity. That's what I was feeling this whole entire encounter, this whole entire time. So I really want you guys to keep that in mind and really like keep that in your head. So I wasn't able to find anything to off myself in the car. I ended up being back like stiff again in the car and I'm trying to figure out how to get out the car like because I could not get out the car. I could not move anymore again. So I ended up trying to outthink all the thoughts that was in my head. Like I tried to outthink it and I just started just saying Jesus like just over and over and over and over and over. And once I said that, like, I was able to get out of the car. So I, I just kept saying it over and over, just shouting it. And then I was able to move. And I ended up moving, getting out the car, running in the house. I ran to my mom. I was, like, taking my clothes off, like, running to my mom. And I told her to, like, pray for me and stuff. I was like, Mommy, like, just pray for me. Like, she started praying for me. She started playing worship music and everything and just really trying to figure out what was going on with me. And... Throughout all of that, I'm trying to tell her what happened, but I couldn't have it come out in words. Like, I could not tell her physically what was going on because it was not coming out. And I remember, like, she was so scared, like, but she, like, kept it strong. Like, I was telling her, like, please call, like, call an ambulance or something, like, you know. And, like, she never called or anything, but she was just so scared, but she knew, like, she was definitely a champ to, like, not show any fear because I didn't. I didn't even know, like, she was scared. Like, I just, I felt she was, but I couldn't see it in her. But, um, so I'm going through all the torment that I told y'all that happened in the car. I'm still going through that. I'm Like, I'm still going through that pain. So my mom, she started praying for me and everything. Um, she was playing worship music. She was just a trooper. And um, I'm trying to explain to her what was going on, but I couldn't like get it out in words like I could not like say it like and like I knew she was fearful because she had no clue what was going on I couldn't tell her like I couldn't get it out so I'm still going through that pain that I told you guys what happened in the car like I'm still going through that uh torment in my head like what had happened in the car like this whole mind y'all this whole encounter like I'm still experiencing that pain and it was so painful like, it was just so, so painful beyond human, like, beyond world pain. Like, any pain in the world, it doesn't feel like that. It did not feel like that. Um, and as my mom's still praying and everything and worshiping and everything, the enemy just come in my head just so much. 
and he's literally telling me like that I'm going to like you know be unalive like I'm not going to be alive anymore like just all of this evil stuff he's just coming in my mind so strong just everything like this was all at one time so I'm, I'm hearing the enemy putting intrusive thoughts in my head I'm hearing the enemy putting blasphemous thoughts in my head I'm hearing the enemy putting all of these questions all I hear is um all like questions that us humans want to know about God like contradicting questions about um God and stuff like that I'm hearing all of this stuff and it's just like so many questions and so many uh just evil things playing in my head and it was just like it wasn't like one at a time it was just multiple of them and it was so just wicked like I could not have a clear state of mind so I'm going through all of that all on top of each other and it's happening like in loops so like this whole encounter lasted for like six hours and I was going through all of this for six hours the pain the thoughts um and everything and it had lasted for six hours and it kept lasting like in loops so it would go like different cycles it kept doing this over and over and over and over and over and uh, I'm literally like in my mind like throughout this whole encounter like I'm still trying to think and I couldn't even like all the way think but I just kept praying to God like God if you take me out of this whatever this is like I promise like I'm going to break up with my ex like I'm going to turn my life around like I was literally trying to think those thoughts in my head like God please like save me because like I feel like I'm about to die like and that's literally how I felt like I felt like this was the end like and I was just so disappointed because there was a lot of times that I was warned about things and I didn't choose to listen so I'm going through all the stuff that I keep telling you guys over and over and I'm really telling you guys because I really want you to pay attention and just really hear me out um so I'm going through all of that and after a while through one of the loops that I had like I started to experience my my body not my body but my soul or my spirit my soul just ascend up into the air like into the atmosphere so I started my soul started to leave my body and I started to just go into this uh, this uh, unseen spiritual place and I, I ended up ascending up into this place and when I got there it was a very dark place and um, there wasn't human bodies there it was other souls there like me like it was just literally like uh, spiritual like you couldn't see it in the visual eye you could only see this spiritual and it was other souls where I was it was like this sitting place and there were other people there but they weren't in a physical body like this was spiritual they were like a, a floating soul that's the only way I can kind of explain it and I remember I'm sitting up there I'm going through that trauma that eternal torment that I'm telling y'all that I keep telling you guys about I'm going through that on top of everything so I'm in this unseen realm and I'm going through that eternal torment still and I hear other people there I see other souls there that are no longer living anymore I see them there and I hear them and I hear so many of them like from afar like there's so many like people there that were no longer living 
and they were saying like oh my gosh I didn't know this stuff was real like I didn't know God was real for real like how do you get out of here like this pain is so bad like you just hear all of these people crying out to God and they're really like trying to figure things out like where are they like how did they get here and I remember I was sitting there and I was like I was so like disappointed with myself like I was like wow like I thought like because I grew up in church like I thought I was gonna go to like heaven you know what I'm saying like I thought I was gonna go there and to see that my body did not go where I thought it was gonna go like I was so confused and I was dealing with the same pain that everybody else there was experiencing and they were trying to get out of this place too like in their minds were still thinking wicked in this unseen place like in this uh spiritual place uh where their soul was resting at or not resting but where their soul was and they're still thinking wicked and stuff here while they're crying out to god like their hearts before they ended up leaving earth was filled with wickedness filled with you know sin and i just realized that i was so disappointed with myself like i was so salty that i ended up there because i thought i was going to go like to heaven and the pain, the place was like, it was a dark place. It was very hot. And like, you couldn't get out. Like, there's no way to get out. Like, your life's over with. Like, there's no trial. Like, you can't take another time and try to live over again. Like, there's, it's, you're too, it's too late. And I remember realizing that. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I thought, like, I would have never thought I would have died this young. Like, I didn't even get to live my life yet. Like, and I'm thinking, like, dang, I wish I never got to that relationship. I wish I just never did everything that I did and I was so like disappointed that like I would have left early and not been able to have a chance of eternal life when I should have listened so I mean this um you know this spiritual place and I believe it's uh called Hades um and I didn't know anything about that at that time or anything but um I remember I'm, I'm there and I'm so disappointed I'm thinking my life's over I'm thinking about my family like what are they gonna think like um, they're gonna be so disappointed seeing me leave this earth so eventually I I was only there I can imagine maybe like five minutes is the only like time span I can imagine it wasn't that long I'm not sure the exact time though but it felt like like five minutes so I started to descend back into my body and I I had uh, tried to explain to my mom what had happened and I could not get it out in words. It was just too, just too spiritual for me to explain. And literally this happened a long, this happened like a year ago and it took me months. And I know you guys have been asking like, um, what are you going to talk about your testimony? Like, I know you guys have been asking about that. It was because I couldn't put it out any sooner because it took time for me to really realized what had happened it was so much um just to even talk about and say it was so overwhelming to explain so um as i descended back into my body i tried to explain to my mom what was happening but i could not talk like i was just crying i could not talk and explain anything um and every like this had happened three times this whole ascending and descending situation and every time I came back into my body again, I went to go hug my mom. And instantly when I would hug my mom, like God showed me a vision of his presence and he allowed me to um, experience 
the presence of him, the presence of God. And it was just like this huge, just gigantic, white, pure space of existence. I don't really know how to explain it, but it was just this pure presence. And it felt so peaceful. It was just so how it felt. You want to like, like how in the Bible it talks about like um, the kingdom of heaven, what the parables about the kingdom of heaven and what the kingdom of heaven is like. And one of the parables, uh, it talks about the kingdom of heaven is like when you find a treasure and you hide it and you go back and sell everything that you have to get that treasure. That's exactly what it, what, like when the Bible was talking about that stuff, that's exactly what it is. Like that's exactly what it felt like. Like when God had allowed me to experience his presence after coming down from that situation, I wanted to not come back to like reality. Like I wanted to stay in that pure presence that God showed me coming down from that terrible hell or Hades experience. I wanted to stay in that presence. And um, it was just so peaceful. And I tell people when I talk about this, like I tell them that like that feeling of being in God's presence feels nothing like nothing on this earth. Feel like you can plan your perfect day, write down the perfect day that you think will make you happy, and it will not make you nowhere near as happy as experiencing the presence of God. And it's such a treasure to experience that. And uh, I also tell people like. You can, any drug that you take will never feel like this presence. No amount, amount of sex that you can have, the best sex you can ever think of in your head will never be like this presence of God. Like, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like that. And it's like, I see why God really tries to protect us in not doing certain things because we will never get fulfillment doing anything in the world. We're going to keep chasing because our flesh has desires that can never be reached on earth. Like, our desires really come from God. And um, that was, like, the best desire to ever feel was that presence of God. Like, I, the words that I'm even saying right now, like, these words that I'm trying to explain to you are nothing like the actual thing. Like, I'm not even telling you. I can't even tell you fully how it felt because I don't have enough human words to tell you. So... Um, that feeling when I was feeling the presence of God after coming down from the, that hell Haiti situation was so peaceful. It was so peaceful. And it was like I knew God was with me through all of this chaos um, when the enemy was trying to torment me and everything. So after I came down from the presence of God, I would go back up into this unseen dark Hades hell place and then I would go back into my body again and I would experience the presence of God it happened three times and then after that like um my mom she had called our pastor at the time and her daughter had came to like uh just you know worship in the house and started praying and uh praising in the house and stuff like that and I remember seeing her through this whole situation and eventually I was starting to come down from you know what everything that was going on uh, and the pain was getting less and less I was starting to just get more back into like reality of my body at this point um, and I remember I wasn't talking the whole time I was trying to talk but I could not get the words out um, and um, 
the enemy was coming in my head so strong, y'all, like so strong. He was telling me like, and this is kind of why I kind of waited too to tell my testimony because a lot of times the enemy tries to stop things and stuff like that. Like the enemy was telling me like, if I tell my testimony, people aren't going to believe me. They're not going to, they're going to think I'm crazy. Like they're going to think I'm insane and like that I would be put in a crazy house or something for what I experienced. And he told me like, the enemy had told me like, um, you shouldn't talk or anything about it. Like don't talk or anything. You're going to be crazy. Like you're not going, no one's going to listen to you. No one's going to hear you. The message that you have is never going to reach nobody. Like he was just coming in my head strong. And um, so eventually I, I couldn't talk for days. Like it was so hard. Um, I, 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 I couldn't talk for, for days. And I remember like, um, I remember that, uh, shout out to my sister in Christ, uh, Ontario, but she had told me like that I was, I couldn't, cause I couldn't tell for myself cause I wasn't able to see it, but she was telling me that I was having seizures and everything, uh, throughout this whole situation. And, um, I just had so much. So like, you know, the next day I had so much anxiety, so much anxiety. It was so, so bad. Um, I didn't even want to drive I didn't even want to do anything I didn't want to talk to anybody um it was so hard to start talking every single day after that point for three months like it was so hard to communicate with people because I was so like it was just all just a big thing and I I couldn't I couldn't really communicate so then after that that first day after you know, everything had happened. I literally ran to God. Like, I literally ran to Christ. Like, I just started just, I was so scared that it just shocked me. Like, everything just shocked me. And I literally, like, I was like, okay, I can't do nothing. Like, I'm, I'm going to have to bring up my ex. Like, I, I can't stay in this situation. Like, after that day, my mind just started to get renewed. Like, slowly started to get renewed and I ended up breaking up with that ex that I was dating um and I, I I really didn't want to and I was so scared to do it and I prayed to God I was like you know God if he calls me right now like I'm just going to break up with him and I ended up breaking up with him and he had a uh, when I when he asked me like what had happened and everything you know that day um I told him what happened and he basically told me like well, you know, I'm sorry that, like, you took the edible. Maybe if you didn't take the edible, like, you wouldn't have, like, experienced what you experienced. And he was just telling me, like, everything that I experienced was not real. Like, he was just telling me, like, things like that. And um, I just knew at that point, like, he's not, like, he's not sent from God. Like, I just need to break it. I just need to cut up, just cut, just cut it off. And, um, like, I, I, I just really... I really drew close to God at that point. I literally ran to God, like, like literally. Like, I wanted to figure out, okay, well, since I don't have a relationship with God, like, let me start doing it now. Like, and I started drawing close to God, and the more I drew close to God, the more attacks I got, the more spiritual warfare I got. I had spiritual warfare for, like, three months, and it was so bad. Like, it was, like, torment, torture, like, my mind, like, a lot of things in my mind. I remember one day I was driving. 
I cannot even drive. Like I had to pull over and just start worshiping God just to break everything that was just trying to come at me spiritually. Like it was so, it was so heavy. The enemy really did not want me to get out of that situation. And I, I just literally just, I knew that God was going to heal me from everything. I also, I forgot to mention, I was also, for three months, I, I had schizophrenia too. And it was so bad. Like, I'm literally like doing things, you know, would tell me like, oh, go look outside the window. Somebody's watching you. Like, it was just all this evil stuff in my head for three months and I knew that I could not live with that for the rest of my life. I was like, there's no way. I can't live like this. Like, I know God did not create me to deal with that. Like, I knew he could not and I had so much faith. Like, I, even though, like, I couldn't see anything, I had so much faith that he was going to heal me from all of this stuff that I was going through in my head and I didn't know how but I knew he was going to do it. So I was like, okay, I need to every single day like I would read the word every day I would pray to God every single day and I would worship God every single day through all of the the whirlwind I was going through in my mind all of this the the anxiety the schizophrenia all of that stuff I was still forcing and breaking through everything uh, that I was going through and I remember one day like God just put it on my heart like he just told me like you know, um, it's time for you to get saved. And I thought I was saved, like, when I was young because, like, I was little when I wanted to get saved and I got baptized when I was, like, eight. But I really didn't know anything. Like, I didn't know about God for real. So um, I, I, I got I, rededic- I rededicated my life to Christ because I knew the right way. Like, I, I made the choice. I really knew what I was getting myself into. And I remember one day God was telling me, like, you know, it's time for you to, like, seek deliverance. And uh, right before I started seeking deliverance, like, I was in the car after church one day. One of my, like, you know, acquaintances at that time, he invited me to church. And I remember when I was at church, I could not hear what they was talking about. Like, I was hearing so many thoughts in my head that it was so hard for me to stay focused. I couldn't even worship in church. Like, it was so hard. And I'm like, this is not normal. I've never experienced this in my life. And I'm standing there, like, trying to worship, and I just couldn't. All of these thoughts in my head, I have no clue what they was talking about at church. Like, I did not know. Like, I had no clue. Like, I didn't know nothing. And I remember I'm driving back home because the church was, like, 40 minutes from my house. And I'm listening to worship music on the way home, trying to worship God. And I'm just really forcing it. Like, at this point, I'm just trying to get a breakthrough. And I knew God could do it, but... I couldn't see nothing. Like, I couldn't see anything. And I'm just crying in the car on the way home. Like, my mind's just going crazy. And, you know, God's telling me, he's putting it on my heart. He's like, you know, it's time to seek deliverance. And the next day, I messaged um, our family pastor at that time. And I told her, like, you know, can you please, like, do deliverance? You know, I'm ready for deliverance. And, you know, she called me on the phone. We did, like, a Zoom call. And it was just really heavy on my heart to just be honest with her. And this is why I always suggest, like, if you're trying to get a breakthrough, you need to be honest. You need to expose everything, even things that nobody knows about that you've done. Like, you need to get it out. 
because the enemy wants you to keep it dormant so he can keep it in there so it can keep building up. And, y'all, like, I needed to break through so bad. I was so honest with her. Like, I told her everything that I can think of that I did that was wrong, like, because I knew, like, if I keep stuff in, like, I'm not going to get any help. Like, I told her things that nobody knew, like, and I'm so grateful that she was, you know, just listening and just, you know, being obedient through God, like, helping me. And I was just so honest with her. At that time, I was getting, like, uh, uh, I was, I broke up with my ex, but also, uh, I forgot to mention to you guys, he would also, like, uh, persuade me into homosexuality and stuff, and I would tell him, like, this is the route that I don't want to go. And he kept, like, pressuring me about things like that. So I was getting thoughts about that stuff. And I just really was just honest with my pastor at that time. And I told her, like, I just need to be set free. And after that, after I exposed everything that was going on in my life, and I fasted for three days, literally, everything went away. Like, everything. After three days, Everything went away. And it was so crazy because, you know, when you're first coming to Christ, it's hard to read the Bible. You don't really understand it like that. But when I did those that, that fast for three days after my delivery session with her, um, then she literally just listened to everything I had to say and prayed over me. And then I went, I went into fasting. And I fasted for those three days. And I, I'm telling you, like, I can read the Word and understand it crispy, like, just understand it. And all of the schizophrenia the anxiety the 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 thoughts and the uh even the sexual thoughts and stuff that i was having went away and left like it it just disappeared and after that like i just really um just stay committed with god like i just really kept walking with god i knew i knew from the beginning that he was going to be able to heal me but i just didn't know how and that's how i got like set free from everything that I had did in my past and everything with that individual that I was dating. And I knew God wanted to use me as a vessel to tell this testimony to help believers and unbelievers who don't think that God is real or even believers who you you think God is real because you grew up in church, but you don't really have proof that God is real. So you're just like going with emotions, but you're not really like really walking with Christ for real. Um, God is definitely real. The devil is definitely real. Jesus is definitely real. Like, all of this stuff is real. And we have the choice to choose if we want to follow God or not. And I suggest, like, to even people who are, like, lukewarm right now or you just don't know how to come to him, like, when I needed help, like, I had asked God to help me, um, Actually, it was the day before I ate the edible. I prayed to God, and I told him, I said, God, help me. And that was literally all I said. I said those three words. I know that God wanted me to, wanted to use me to spread this message to help other believers and non-believers, or even people who's just curious, and they're tired of living that lifestyle. And honestly, when you live in the world, like, you're not getting any fulfillment. Like, you're really not. Like, you're really hurting and destroying yourself. I was literally destroying my own self. Like, I was fulfilling my flesh, and our flesh never gets tired. Like, it never gets tired. And I was just doing everything that I thought would give me fulfillment, and it really didn't. It was just like a short, temporary high that you have to keep chasing, and you got to destroy yourself to chase that high. 
so I'm so grateful that God like renewed my mind and stuff. And even in my journey now, like, of course, you know, when you're walking with God, you get attacked, you get attacked by the enemy. But the more and more you get stronger with God, like those attacks, when you put on your full armor of God, like those attacks are nothing. Um, and so I eventually, um, I ended up in July of 2022, I ended up getting uh, baptized and everything. And I, I started to actually, before I got baptized, I started praying to God. And I was like, you know, God, I want your Holy Spirit to dwell inside of me. And I started to um, keep asking God that. And eventually I started to feel the Holy Spirit just live inside of me after my baptism. And everything has just been like, you know, great ever since then. Like, and, um, I'm just grateful that I did choose to follow God because the the way that I was going before, like it was literally, it was, I was hurting myself. Like I really was. So I really wanted to tell this message and I know it's like really long overdue, but um, I believe right now is the right time. I really wanted to share this message so that if you're going through anything or even if you're going through things and you need God's help, God knows your heart. He knows, and I'm not saying that, like, in a way you could take advantage. But when you want to walk towards God, he knows what your heart is desiring at that moment. If you want God to help you, there's not a huge, ridiculous prayer to pray. I only said three words, and God helped me at that time. So come to God humbly. Come to God wholeheartedly, and he's going to do the rest for you, like, He's going to help you with your journey. He's going to help you. He wants to help you. He's waiting on you to walk with him. You don't want to go in that eternal torment that it talks about in Matthew. You don't want to go through that. Or I think it's in Matthew uh, with the rich man and the poor man. Like, you don't want to go through that situation. You don't want to deal with eternal torment. You don't want to go to hell. Like, you don't want to go through that pain. That pain is nothing like pain on earth. Like, it feels nothing like that. Um. So I really wanted to talk about this, and I really hope this helps everybody who it can help. I pray that it helps a lot of people and even people who are questioning or they don't know which way to go. Literally just pray to God and um, use your wisdom and ask God for wisdom and be wise um, with things as well. And God's going to carry you. He carries his chosen people. Um, And that's really all I want to say. So... Uh, Make sure you guys like this video, share it to anybody who you think will need to hear it or wants to hear it. Um, And that's all. I hope y'all have a good day. Bye.
one who said you stand until the very end. You are the one who said you fight until the very end. Yeah, that don't matter, cause it's you who's going through your test. Yeah. I tell you what, you give me all the strikes off your chest. You wanna know, you wanna see, you wanna fight, you gotta stand. That's what God. spiritual experience in which I saw hell I literally saw the lake of fire and I want to share with you um, some of my experience and also share with you some truth and some scripture the best way for me to describe what I witnessed and what I saw is if you can imagine a uh, lake that is as wide as your eyes can see and as far out as your eyes can see. To describe hell as far as the lake of fire, the best way for me to find words for what I saw is think of hot lava. Think of fire and the colors of fire and think of brimstone. And so you basically just had a lake of fire, dark, smoky, um, and think of the smell of brimstone and the heat. One of the things that I witnessed was a person literally, the best way for me to describe it, is they were um, uh, placed within the fire, but it was not as if they could move. It was as if they were stuck there. Think of a person as in, for example, a prison, a very confined space where they were restricted. They could not move to the left, even a step or two, or to the right, a step or two. 
They were completely, if I can say this to you in a very real sense, frozen in place and surrounded by fire. But here is the fire. It is coming up. It is burning them from within and from without. The best way for me to describe this is, you know, think about you being inside of a hot oven that's turned up 450, 600 degrees, and you're in a place of absolute darkness. And this darkness, um, you're, you're, uh, you're breathing the heat that's coming up through you. And there's no escape. You can't run, you can't move, you're stuck there. And in, in the spirit realm, you feel things more acutely than you do physically. You still have hunger, but you can't eat. You still have thirst, but you can't drink. If you have an addiction to alcohol, you still crave it. But you are stuck there in a place where time does not exist. All you have is mental pain, emotional pain. All you have is pain. There is no conversation with other people. You're isolated. You're alone. You cry. You weep. But there's nothing you can do. You pray. You scream. But nothing ever changes. And this is going to be your existence. It's inconceivable. It's forever and forever and forever. It never ends. And so this is what hell is like. You burn up. You disintegrate. Your spirit reforms. The fire comes up to burn you again. And the evil ones, the demonic beings, surround you to talk to you, to torment you. You get no rest. They curse you. They, they hate you, and you can feel their hatred. They torment you. They torture you. This is something that I have seen. And... Some of this I experienced because I found myself in a place of confinement where the demons were torturing and tormenting me. A place of absolute darkness where I could feel myself losing my mind. A place where I was hated. A place of darkness. This is not a place you want to go to, or you want to live in, or you want to be in forever. Now, I was taken out of this place. By the mercy and grace of God, I witnessed this place, and I did not experience everything that a person could experience in hell. But I experienced enough that I know I don't want to go there. And you don't want to go there. And here's what I want to say to you. I have given my heart to Jesus. I believe in Jesus. 
I turned from my sins and against my sins, and I committed my life to Christ. Christ died for your sins. He was buried. He physically came back to life three days later. Jesus appeared to his disciples and proved himself alive with many, many infallible proofs. Jesus ascended into heaven, and he's now seated at the right hand of God the Father. And if you will admit that you're a sinner by nature and a sinner by choice, and turn from your sin and against your sin, know this, according to the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16, God loves you with all of his heart. And he sent Jesus into the earth to take all your sins upon himself and in exchange to give you right standing with God the Father. Christ died and came back to life. And Christ loves you. You don't have to perish in the lake of fire. You can receive eternal life. And also in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 12, it says to as many as received Jesus, to them, God the Father gave the right to become a child of God by virtue of relationship with Jesus. And so I want to urge you to obey the word of God, the book of Romans, a book that the apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome, Italy. Chapter 10, he said, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and you make Jesus the Lord of your life. He said, all your sins will be forgiven. Every sin that you've ever committed, thinking, talking, or doing, it'll be forgiven. And when you meet God Almighty, he'll never, ever bring it up. You believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. Because the Bible says, you believe to right living. Now, it's one thing to believe in your head and say, I believe in God. But that's not what the Bible is talking about. It says you believe to right living. And with your confession, it is to your salvation. And so I'm going to urge you to believe to right living. And I want to lead you in a very simple prayer. When I received Jesus, I didn't know how to pray. I just went to church, maybe Christmas, maybe um, uh, Easter. But I want to lead you in a very simple prayer. And the prayer goes like this, and God will hear your prayer, and he'll receive your prayer, and your human spirit will be brought into the life of Jesus Christ. So very simply, pray this prayer. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner by nature and by choice. Dear Jesus, please forgive me. Take every sin away. I repent of sin. I know you died. I know you were buried. I know you came back to life. And you're in heaven hearing me now. Dear Jesus, I invite you into my life. Dear Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my body. Dear Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. I want to love you, Jesus. I want to obey you, Jesus. I want to follow you, Jesus. I'm yours. Thank you, Jesus. You have forgiven me.
thank you, Jesus. You're now my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Allow me to tell you this. Just like physical food is nourishment for your physical body, the written word of God is spiritual food for your heart, for your spirit. So I want you to get an easy to understand Bible, modern language, and I want you to begin reading the first two books. These first two books I want to recommend, Matthew and John. The book of John and the book of Matthew. Read them together at the same time. You will not understand everything you read. Just believe it. And read from Matthew to Revelation and do it about two or three times. Receive the word of the Lord. Because now you are forgiven. Now you are a believer in Jesus. Now your name has been written in the book of eternal life. You're now a child of God. You know, you say, well, I don't know how to pray. Well, you know how to talk to a friend. The Bible calls Jesus a friend. And so talk to Jesus about everything. From sunup to sundown, every single day, develop your relationship with Jesus. Right now, you're feeling a sense of peace. Eventually, you'll feel a sense of joy. There's some things that you used to love that sooner or later, pretty soon, Jesus is going to touch you and you're not going to love them anymore. Wrong things, sinful things. Jesus is going to take those desires away. And then Jesus is going to give you some desires for some new things, some good things. He's getting ready to change your life completely. Allow me to say this to you. The Bible says that if any person is in Christ, and the minute you prayed this prayer, you were in Christ, you're a new creation now. You're becoming something you never were before. And you're going to find out old things are going to pass away. Welcome to a brand new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. May God bless you richly. Hi, my name is Michelle Steele. You know, sometimes in life, situations are going to occur where you may look to the left or the right and you can't find any answers and you can't find anybody to help you. But I'm reminded of the word that says, They that wait upon the Lord, He shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Come on. You got to learn how to wait. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting on you, Lord. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting on you, Oh. 
spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Wow, wow, is all I can say. That first testimony, I'm telling you, that was something for me that is serious. Yeah. Because once the enemy get a hold of you, he don't just turn you loose. And you can't just shake him loose. He's not like Almighty God that have all power. Yeah. You heard what she said. Her mind, her mind, the enemy was speaking in her mind because he had taken it. So he had, when she first decided to turn against me, because in that, with that first boyfriend, he hurt her. She was very young. When she decided to get back at me and found a way to manipulate people and all this kind of thing, the enemy saw then he could use her. So he used her as a witch and many other things he used her for. And it it didn't get better, it got worse. This is why we pray for our mind. Let this mind be in me that was also in Christ Jesus. Father, give me the mind of Christ daily. I don't I don't want to operate out of my own mind. I want to operate out of the mind of your son Jesus, a spiritual mind. Because what it's going to do is do what he said he gave us. It's going to keep me with a sound mind. And that's what we need today. We need a sound mind. Because the world is full of craziness everywhere. Yeah, the second one he talked about going to hell, he described it as wide and you can't move, you're tortured. Yeah, he gave a more, uh, I want to say a more descriptive, if I can say that, of it, of, of, of the lake of fire and what's going on. He said he didn't experience everything. So there was a lot more down there that you could experience, a lot more there that you could experience. But that's not it. Anybody prayed that prayer with him? I certainly did. <laughs> I prayed that prayer with him. Yeah, because there's nothing in hell I want. Nothing in hell that I could imagine I want. Because I want to do his will and run this race until he calls and beckons for me. Yeah. So I don't want to deal with stuff that will put me in hell. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't want to play around because it's a real place, and time is winding up daily. Daily time is winding up. Yeah. And I thank God. I thank God for my life. I, I, I thank him for the good, the bad, and the ugly that I've gone through. Yeah. Because it, it blessed me to have testimonies. It blessed me to have strength. Yeah. And, and, and be strong in him. And he lead and guide me. And I believe I'm where I'm supposed to be. And I believe I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And I'm thankful unto Almighty God. Yeah. Grateful unto him. He's on our side in spite of us. Yeah. And uh, just thankful, just thankful. I may have to play that one again 
in a little bit because, uh, well, I, I, I won't say why, thank you. I won't say why. I just may have to play it again so someone else can hear and they can give their life to Christ because that's, that's, that's the key, giving our life to Jesus. Yeah, he, he, we want him to be the author and finisher of our faith. We want him to take control, lead and guide us in the right path for his name's sake. Yeah, I don't want to be doing this out here on my own. No, no. I don't want to get caught up with man. Yeah, because we could end up going to hell, and that's that's not what we did all of this for. Yeah, I've given up the right for the wrong. I blessed people and, you know, gave when I didn't have to give, looked like, but God made a way, and I don't want to end up in hell. I don't want to lead other people to Christ and I end up in hell. Yeah, no, no, no. That's not what I want to do. So we thank God this morning and good morning to you, Sister Irene, and good morning to you, area code 434, first three numbers, 872. Good morning to you. Good morning to you, Minister Shonda. God bless you this morning. Thank you for the wonderful text. And uh, good morning to you, Sister Jerry. God bless you this morning. Good morning, Apostle Boatwright. Good morning to you. And good morning to you, Brother Lewis. God bless you. God bless you. Thank God for you today. And uh, holding that chat room down, Louis, I tell you, you're a winner every time. <laughs> that freed me up. Thank God for Sister Dorothy Goodman and Sister Irene holding that prayer club and the prayer request club down. And they come over there and tap down off of Jesus in the morning with prayers. And I thank you so much. I thank you so much for praying over there, posting prayers over there. And I see so many new people coming. Yeah, because evidently the word is getting out, you know, or they saw it on Facebook. Oh, they praying. Let's see what they pray. Yeah, because we pray for one another. Yeah, I, and a lot of people, you know, they, they don't understand and they, they don't know what it's all about. So when they hear prayer... They think it's for me. Yeah, prayers for me. Let me go over here and get me some prayer. But we pray for all of us. We pray for each other in the, in these groups. And what happens is when God sees you're not selfish, he'll bless you the more. He will bless you the more. Because it, it's not just about me and my family, me and my children, me and my job. But you're praying for other people's children, other people's families, other people's jobs, other people that's sick. You're asking God to heal them. Guess what he does? Come and heal you. <laughs> because you showed him you was not a selfish person. And so we thank God that we're not selfish. Thank God for the big, beautiful Christian women group. Um, there's quite a few over there I'm a part of. Uh, I thank God for the empowerment group. I put these groups together. I feel like I was led to do it so that others could be blessed. And uh, I'm, I'm truly happy about it. Thank God for Jesus in the morning over there. <laughs> yeah, I thank God for it. Thank God for everybody that became a member. We have 400 and some people in one group. And I got rid of uh, the group where... Uh, Parents who lost a child or children, I, I got rid of that group. It had maybe 600 people in it, but I had to delete it. Uh, the prayer request club, 
uh, Sister Dante Goodman is running that over there, and I thank God for it. She posts that every morning, yeah. Mainly scriptures, but we've been posting prayers over there, so things are changing. And I was saying something about it one morning. She said, but you teach us. You teaching us how to pray over there, and, you know, put prayers in and not all scriptures. We got to have a word. Yeah, we got to have a word. Thank God for the Lineage Women group. Now, I'm not over that group, but my friend Thelma, she's in that group, and she uh, blessed me to, be, you know, become a part, and I uh, post over there some mornings. I'm not always able to participate in things, but I always do uh, go through that when I can and post. Yeah, that empowerment group, I thank God for that. I thank God for the group you. Now, I'm I'm in charge of empowerment. I've created these groups. And the Y-O-U, the big letter Y, the big letter O, the big letter U. In my day, we called them capital letters. So I'm thankful for that group. I have put that together so people, not just Christians, but anybody could come and, you know, post something clean and funny in there. I tell us a story about themselves or something like that. And, uh, it's, it's, it grew. It's growing. And uh, older girls, older girls, that's for older ladies. And so we go over, we go in there, and every now and then I go in there and do something. It's been a, a minute since I did it, but uh, I thank God for it. Another group I'm a part of, and y'all know I couldn't help myself, they asked me to join, and I joined Easy Soul Food Recipes. Yeah, I had to get in on that, y'all. Yeah. Because I love cooking and baking. I, uh, you know, God is faithful. God is faithful. And uh, uh, Sister Dot said, there's no sound. Uh, Brother Louis is not saying there's no sound. All right, let me see what Sister Dot talking about. Is there no sound? Intended to ask you a while back, but I was getting busy. So professional. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Sound to be. That's Sister Dot. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we, I hope we're right here, Sister Dot. So, yeah, I thank God because he's a way maker. And you know what? The, the scripture says this, in order to obtain friends, one must show himself friendly. So when I moved out here, uh, I, I felt the Lord, you know, allowing me to bake and give it away, brownies and you know, pound cake or whatever, and just give it away, especially to the gate service station where I go get my gas, uh, you know, and buy other things. Every blue moon, I might feel like an icy uh, slush, y'all may call it, but here we have ices. And I go up there and I get me one and, uh, you know, sit there for, I mean, sit there, stand there for just a few minutes and talk to them, and then I'm on my way. I'm gone. So uh, they love to bake goods. So I went in there yesterday, and uh, the manager, he said, oh, I haven't seen you. When I first walked in there, he said, hey. I said, hey. He said, I haven't seen you in a while. I said, yeah, I've been busy, yada, yada, yada. So he said, uh, you know what? I said, what? He said, I never did get my peach pie. I said, you know, I forgot it. Because he asked me to bake a peach pie. And I was intending to do it when I got my peach truck peaches. Because once a year, I wish it would be 
either the ending of this month or first part of next month, the peach truck should be here. And so I buy these boxes of peaches. And when I tell you, you let them set for two days. It, it, but when you first get them, you can eat them now. But if you let the peaches set for one day or two days, oh, my goodness. You're talking about the real full flavor of the peach. These are the best peaches I ever taste. So each year I get them. Sister Jerry get them. Sister Rose Brown get them. And uh, I go and I purchase theirs and take, take it to them. Well, we have to pay up front. We have to pay before they ship them. So we pay up front. I think it's $40 a box now, something like that. I got to look again. And But you get enough pieces to feed a village. You got a big family and you want to share with your relatives, you know, cousin, aunt, uncles, everybody, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, whoever. In-laws, it's a big box. So I buy for me, Sister Jerry, and Sister Rose Brown. So when the peace truck come in, I go stand in the line. <laughs> this year, I want to buy me one of them little umbrella seats so I can sit. And as the line move up, I get up and move my seat and sit. I, mean, I think that's cute. I, I'm sorry. It may be crazy, but it, I think it's cute. So... This year, I planned on doing that, and I was waiting for the peach truck peaches to come in to make his pie, but I completely forgot it. So he said, I tell you, he said, peach or that coconut pie you made. He said, when you first brought the pie in, the pie was hot. He said, and I said, oh, I don't know. He said, but I took the whole pie home because nobody wanted to try it because it was hot. He said, I took that pie home and put it in the refrigerator for a little while. And it gelled up together like it was supposed to. He said later when I <laughs> got that, I said, oh, wait a minute. Oh, she ordered something here. He said, I'll pay you for that coconut pie. I said, no, I'll bring you a pie. It'll probably be on Monday. So I made myself a mental note and got me a written note. And on Monday, I'll take the coconut pie to him. And I know people complain about how expensive grocery is. God loves a cheerful giver. And if you give, whatever you give, he'll make sure you get that back. And he always give more. If I give $100, he don't just give $100 back. He going to give more than $100. He might give $500, $300. That's much more than I had. Because when I let go of the $100, I didn't have that anymore. So he gives back. If I give clothes away, he give them back. If I give shoes away, he going to make sure. And, and I love shoes. He's going to make sure I got shoes in my closet. Yeah, he's that kind of God. Look at Louie over there, yummy. He can't make this food. Yeah. So, you know, I want to encourage you today uh, with something that you enjoy doing. If you can share what you've done with someone else for free, for free, do that. Because a lot of times we don't have because we don't give. We're trying to budget and watch every penny and this and that. Loosen up and give. Yeah. I believe in the seed planting. And you know what? Even if I give something to a person, <clears throat> excuse me, who's not professing God, I yet plant it. They're not professing God, but I plan it. 
Because, Lord, I planted this from my heart. And he give it back. Sometimes I don't even think the plant, I'm so busy giving. But the Lord makes sure I get it back. And more, and more. And so I'm so thankful that I can afford to buy the coconut. And uh, Walmart, uh, you know, some days they, they, I don't know what they do. But they uh, didn't have the coconut, so I have to wait until they ship the baker's shredded coconut in. That's why on Monday I make the uh, French coconut pie for him. You're talking about good. That is a very good pie. Yeah, I mean, excellent pie. I just love it. So if, if you could try it, go to Pinterest and get that and make it. Yeah, and it's not that expensive. It's not that expensive. All right, Minister Shonda, coming at you right now. Good morning. God bless you. How are you? I'm doing good. Good morning. How are you? I am blessed. Can't complain. Good. Um, I think you just said if someone has done something for you for free. Did you say that? Yeah, call in and share. Well, no, it's- yeah, go ahead. We got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. Please share. <laughs> okay. Well, I just want to share this. I have uh, friends in Maryland. I've met them through my husband, but last year they um, called us up. We wasn't able to take this trip, but we was able to take another one. What they offered was an all-expense-paid trip to Jamaica. Mm. I couldn't work that last year, so they said, well, choose something else. So I was just talking to my husband about going to Myrtle Beach. So we went to Myrtle Beach with them, the daughter and her friend, and we didn't have to pay for the, um, it's like an Airbnb, a condo on the beach. So that was nice. And um, this year we went. And we stayed for, I think, four four days or five mm. days, four nights, something like that. And um, <clears throat> But I felt like, I said, well, I want to pay something for how much? And they said 250 Well, the Airbnb was 161 a night. So although that wasn't free, the first one was free. But I say that because you're so right in what you say. They are, they they spiritually blessed but they are materially blessed too like they have worked hard all their lives so you know that's our ability to get well god uh, make us able to work but she had shared with me evangelist that she purposely and her sister too keep a hundred dollar bill in their pocketbook so when god tell them hey share with this person they, you know, where, whether it be a waiter or a waitress, they, they give them $100. And mm-hmm. they are very blessed uh, monetarily. And they're very yes. humble. They got a beautiful home, big, 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 big swimming pool. I mean, every, you name it, they got it. Yes. But they humble. They don't, they don't uh, like, put it out there that we got this. And, I mean, I believe that some people – all blessed because they give us. I believe that. Yes. Yes. I know that. I know it, Minister Shonda. 
He 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 does it for me. Yes. And and know what I learned, Minister Shonda, when you give big, you get big. I, I'm I'm telling you the truth. And if they tell the truth, they'll tell you that too. See, we give big. Yeah. I, I would I would like to have a thousand dollars in my purse. You know, that when I meet people and you know, the Lord said we give, I can give it to them. Yeah. You give big, you get big. If you give, you're gonna receive. If you plant, it's gonna it's gonna grow. It's gonna take root and grow because you're planting. Inspiration ministries is one of the ministries I give to because they spread the gospel all over the world. I used to look at camp meeting, but I got kind of away from camp meeting. But guess what? Because I gave up cable, I no longer wanted that foolishness. Just a waste of money. So when I gave up cable, I, you know, I don't watch Inspiration Ministries like I used to. I just continue to support. And sometimes the thought, hallelujah, Jesus, listen, I can think about giving them, let's say, $100. Do you know 200, 300, it may be $500 come in off the thought of me giving them $100. I didn't give the $100. I'm thinking about it because I'm trying to think about where would I pull to get $100 from to pay it. Guess what happened? God going to give me the money. Out of that money, I give back to them. Yeah, my tithes and offerings. This is the honest truth. Before I pay it, when I think about tithes and offerings, the Lord many times gives me money back before it's time for me to pay my tithes and offerings. Some people say, well, how are you paying tithes and offerings? You don't work. I don't. But off my income, <laughs> I'm retired. So off my retirement, I bless the church. And see, God, he don't have to give you much for you to have much. Oh, bless his name. Thank you, Jesus. Some people get way more money than I get, but they can't do what I do. Because he multiplies. He does it. He put things in place where I can do more. I'm I'm telling you, I know people who get some money every month because they have worked and they have put in. Some people have had three jobs all their life, two jobs, and they paid in on this stuff, on their taxes, and they let them took it all. <laughs> and some people at the end of the year, they file and get a great big income tax refund back. Some people wait until retirement and they get a lump sum every month. Yeah. But they were givers all the time. They were the givers out of the income, out of the check they made. Yeah, from working. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But I know if you give, God will give back to you. Yeah. And I and, and even here, a lot of times I Ask for what I feel is needed. Yeah, I will ask. I don't just uh, try to put 
too many stipulations. Some people I've asked for $50. Some people I did ask for $50 every month if you could give it. But especially starting in the month of June. But even in that, if nobody give a dime, God is going to supply. I want you to know that. He's just going to supply. People come and they need this and they need that because I want to even include teaching them about storing up for the family. You know, because you, you got some low-income areas. People not hearing that. They think Walmart going to be forever. Walgreens is going to be forever. When Dixie going to last throughout eternity. <laughs> and they may be hoping, but they won't have nothing you can use. Because nothing would be in there, and they're not going to keep it open, paying for electric just because it's Walmart, and you want to walk in the empty Walmart and look around. But what you're going to buy, Walmart shelves that they had the groceries on? <laughs> yeah. So we want to prepare, prepare for filtering water and, uh, you know, different things. You may have to put some safety stuff on your windows. I wouldn't put the bars, but you may want to investigate in that. Because when this thing comes, if people think you got, they will come over to take what you got if they can't. Mm -hmm. But if we give, we're going to have more than. I Right now, I have more than I ever need. More than I ever need. Why? God is in the blessing business. I pray he's going to keep the window safe. He's going to keep the house safe. I don't have it to worry about. If there's nothing in my pantry and I go in there and pray, God going to make a way for me to eat. I just believe like that. Yeah, I believe him just like that. Because he let me know things going to work together for my good. It must because he said it. And he's not a lying God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And listen to this. I um, was thinking about uh, they told me the colors for the great nephew, what well, a great great nephew funeral. And I said navy blue and gold and white. I don't, I don't have that quite like that, you know. I might have some gold. I might have some white. I might have something else in in navy. And so my niece called me yesterday, and she said, Abba, I said, yeah. She said, we're not dressing up now. Don't do not do all that funeral dressing up. I said, okay, what's going on? I was so happy. She said, we just wearing jeans and a T-shirt, and you can wear slides. I said, what? She said, yeah, I know you're jazzing up and everything, you know, but you can jazz it up, Abba, but you don't have to be uncomfortable. Oh, Minister Shonda, what you do, I cut you off. And I'm just a yakking. <laughs> she may have gone back to work. Okay, if you hear me, Minister Shonda, when you get a chance, just come in and say something. But yeah, so they made it comfortable for me. A pair of jeans, and, and she even said, I'm, I'm buying you your T-shirt, and I'm going to put auntie on the back. Well, put great, great auntie. No, I'm, I'm joking. She's going to just put auntie on the back. I told her, okay, our aunt on the back. That's good. So she buying the T-shirt. I found me two pair of jeans, 
and I'm a sergeant iron both pairs so I can choose which pair I want to wear. And I got plenty of flats in there. They may not be navy blue, they may not be gold or white, but I'm sure I got a a, a, a pair of black flat slides, we call them, you know. I know I got a silver pair that'll be kind of a little dresser, you know, and I'm going on. Comfortable. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. And uh, I thank God for opening doors and making ways. But I thank God that he blessed uh, Minister Shonda. That was a wonderful testimony, a quick wonderful testimony. Yeah. And so, you know, God will give you favor with people, too. And they'll tell you things they're not telling no one else because they favor you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we're grateful unto Almighty God. The studio is open. If anyone have a testimony or you have something today that you would like to say, hey, Sister Rita, good morning. God bless you. Good morning, Sion. God bless you. Good morning, Sister Jerry. God bless you. Yeah, just come on in and share uh, your testimony this morning. And so while we wait and see if Minister Shonda has something else to say, because I got excited, too fast, too quick, and too furious, and jumped right in on it. So uh, we're going to this next one. We're going to this next song of the morning. And uh, when we come back again, the studio is open. Feel free to come in. Yeah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think that's such a beautiful song. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is there. Good morning, Pastor David. Good morning, Sister Dorothy Goodman. God bless you this morning. <clears throat> yeah, I saw your message, uh, Sister Dorothy. I said, yeah, we have sound today. We are good with the sound today. So listen, I need to do this one right quickly again. And uh, it will be all right today in Jesus' name. My name is Tony Kemp. And I had a spiritual experience in which I saw hell. I literally saw the lake of fire. And I want to share with you um, some of my experience and also share with you some truth and some scripture. The best way for me to describe what I witnessed and what I saw is if you can imagine a uh, lake that is as wide as your eyes can see and as far out as your eyes can see. To describe hell as far as the lake of fire the best way for me to find words for what I saw is think of hot lava. Think of fire and the colors of fire and think of brimstone. And so you basically just had a lake of fire, dark, smoky, um, and think of the smell of brimstone and the heat. One of the things that I witnessed was a person literally, the best way for me to describe it, is they were um, uh, placed within the fire, but it was not as if they could move. It was as if they were stuck there. Think of a person as in, for example, a prison, a very confined space where they were restricted, they could not move to the left even a step or two or to the right a step or two. They were completely, if I can say this to you in a very real sense, frozen in place and surrounded by fire. But here is the fire. It is coming up. It is burning them from within and from without. The best way for me to describe this is, you know, think about you being inside of a hot oven that's turned up 450, 600 degrees, and you're in a place of absolute darkness. And this darkness, um, you're, you're, uh, you're breathing the heat that's coming up through you. And there's no escape. You can't run, you can't move, you're stuck there. And in, in the spirit realm, you feel things more acutely than you do physically. You still have hunger, but you can't eat. You still have thirst, but you can't drink. If you have an addiction to alcohol, you still crave it. But you are stuck there in a place where Time does not exist. All you have is mental pain, emotional pain. All you have is pain. There is no conversation with other people. You're isolated. You're alone. 
You cry. You weep. But there's nothing you can do. You pray. You scream. But nothing ever changes. And this is going to be your existence. It's inconceivable. It's forever and forever and forever. It never ends. And so this is what hell is like. You burn up. You disintegrate. Your spirit reforms. The fire comes up to burn you again. And the evil ones, the demonic beings, surround you to talk to you, to torment you. You get no rest. They curse you. They, they hate you, and you can feel their hatred. They torment you. They torture you. This is something that I have seen, and some of this I experienced because I found myself in a place of confinement where the demons were torturing and tormenting me, a place of absolute darkness where I could feel myself losing my mind, a place where I was hated, a place of darkness. This is not a place you want to go to or you want to live in or you want to be in forever. Now I was taken out of this place. By the mercy and grace of God, I witnessed this place and I did not experience everything that a person could experience in hell. But I experienced enough that I know I don't want to go there. And you don't want to go there. And here's what I want to say to you. I have given my heart to Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I turned from my sins and against my sins. And I committed my life to Christ. Christ died for your sins. He was buried. He physically came back to life three days later. Jesus appeared to his disciples and proved himself alive with many, many infallible proofs. Jesus ascended into heaven and he's now seated at the right hand of God the Father. And if you will admit that you're a sinner by nature and a sinner by choice and turn from your sin and against your sin, know this, according to the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16. God loves you with all of his heart. And he sent Jesus into the earth to take all your sins upon himself and in exchange to give you right standing with God the Father. Christ died and came back to life. And Christ loves you. You don't have to perish in the lake of fire. You can receive eternal life. And also in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 12, it says, To as many as received Jesus, to them God the Father gave the right to become a child of God by virtue of relationship with Jesus. And so I want to urge you to obey the word of God, the book of Romans, a book that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome, Italy. Chapter 10, he said, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth 
and you make Jesus the Lord of your life. He said all your sins are being forgiven. Every sin that you've ever committed, thinking, talking, or doing, it'll be forgiven. And when you meet God Almighty, he'll never, ever bring it up. You believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. Because the Bible says you believe to right living. Now, it's one thing to believe in your head and say, I believe in God. But that's not what the Bible is talking about. It says you believe to right living. And with your confession, it is to your salvation. And so I'm going to urge you to believe to right living. And I want to lead you in a very simple prayer. When I received Jesus, I didn't know how to pray. I just went to church, maybe Christmas, maybe um, uh, Easter. But I want to lead you in a very simple prayer. And the prayer goes like this. And God will hear your prayer. And he'll receive your prayer. And your human spirit will be brought into the life of Jesus Christ. So very simply, pray this prayer. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner by nature and by choice. Dear Jesus, please forgive me. Take every sin away. I repent of sin. I know you died. I know you were buried. I know you came back to life and you're in heaven hearing me now. Dear Jesus, I invite you into my life. Dear Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my body. Dear Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. I want to love you, Jesus. I want to obey you, Jesus. I want to follow you, Jesus. I'm yours. Thank you, Jesus. You have forgiven me. Thank you, Jesus. You're now my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Allow me to tell you this. Just like physical food is nourishment for your physical body, the written word of God is spiritual food for your heart, for your spirit. So I want you to get an easy to understand Bible, modern language. And I want you to begin reading the first two books. These first two books I want to recommend, Matthew and John. The book of John and the book of Matthew. Read them together at the same time. You will not understand everything you read. Just believe it and read from Matthew to Revelation and do it about two or three times. Receive the word of the Lord because now you are forgiven. Now you are a believer in Jesus. Now your name has been written in the book of eternal life. You're now a child of God. You know, you say, well, I don't know how to pray. Well, you know how to talk to a friend. The Bible calls Jesus a friend. And so talk to Jesus about everything. From sunup to sundown, every single day, develop your relationship with Jesus. Right now, you're feeling a sense of peace. Eventually, you'll feel a sense of joy. There's some things that you used to love that sooner or later, pretty soon, Jesus is going to touch you and you're not going to love them anymore. Wrong things, sinful things. Jesus is going to take those desires away. 
And then Jesus is going to give you some desires for some new things, good things. He's getting ready to change your life completely. Allow me to say this to you. The Bible says that if any person is in Christ, and the minute you prayed this prayer, you were in Christ, you're a new creation now. You're becoming something you never were before. And you're going to find out old things are going to pass away. Welcome to a brand new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. May God bless you richly. Hi, my name is Michelle Steele. I died and went to hell, and I want to tell you about it. First, let me lead you up to understanding how I reached this place. I ran away from home, ended up involved in crime, addicted to drugs. I found myself over the next eight years following this process of addiction, making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. My drug of choice was cocaine and cocaine had taken me down to the lowest of the low. My first husband had died of a drug overdose. I was out of control, lost custody of my children, lost all contact and relationship with my family. I was in the back of a bar in the projects of East Nashville, Tennessee, and I was shooting cocaine nonstop, day after day. I had been for three days no food, no water, no sleep. I had been shooting more and more cocaine just to be able to feel the effect of what I was doing. I was totally focused on one thing, the next high. And as soon as I would get that high, I was focused on one thing, the next high. And that's where I found myself as I was begging the person supplying the drugs, please put more in because I'm having trouble getting anything out of it. And so he put more cocaine in my spoon. And when I pulled it up into the syringe and I put that syringe into my arm before I even had the opportunity to pull the syringe out of my arm, my heart stopped. And I found myself standing in front of a skull. It wasn't a skeleton. It was a skull as tall as I was. In that moment, I realized hell is real. I, before that moment, thought it was a figment of imagination, something in all the rock songs I used to listen to, something that was a joke. But as I stood there, I was aware, in a way I'd never been aware before, that hell was real and I didn't want to go there. And in that moment, these hands began to reach for me. They weren't black hands, they were darkness, as if darkness had hands. And those hands began to reach for me and to grasp at me trying to get a grip on me to pull me into hell and I was so frightened I was so aware that I don't want to go into hell that I began to run I turned and I ran and I ran with all of my might with all of my energy I ran back to my body 
And when I hit my body, the person who was doing CPR on my body, one minute pumping the chest of a lifeless girl on the floor, the next minute fighting a frantic, screaming, half-crazed girl. And when he got up and, and let me up, I kept running. And I ran down the streets of the project for almost two blocks in the rain with the blood dripping down my arm before I came to myself and realized I went to hell. Hell is real. And I have a chance to change my life. It was a Sunday and I went to church that night. And as I sat in the church and the, the preacher got done with the message that he was preaching, he opened up for prayer. I didn't know about prayer. I didn't know how to get help. But when he opened up for prayer, I stood up and I walked to, the, to where the preacher was standing and I said, I died today and I went to hell and I don't want to go back. Would you help me? And I don't think the preacher quite knew what to do. He prayed for me. Not knowing the seriousness of how I had encountered almost being pulled into hell. But the person from the church who my family knew found out that I had come and they came and found me and took me to a meeting that was going on, a revival meeting. And when I went into that meeting, I sat in the, the chair. I was on drugs still and I was asleep in the chair. And the preacher came back and woke me up and said, do you want help? And I stood to my feet and I said, I do, I want help. And when he prayed for me, I wasn't aware of the power of God until that moment when I woke up on the floor sober and in my right mind. And I stood to my feet and accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And that's how God got me back on the right track for my life. All the bad decisions that I had made before that time, all of the crimes that I had committed, the sins I had done, the repulsive, repugnant things I had done, they were all a thing of my past. And I was free of the drugs. I was free of the guilt. I was free of the shame. And I was free of that self-destruction that had taken me to that point of death where I nearly entered into hell. And I want you to know that no matter how far you've gone in the wrong direction, no matter how hard you've run away from God, God is still willing and desiring to help you to open up the path and the good things that He has planned for you. If you would just accept His help you can avoid ever having to experience death, hell, and the grave. You can know the power of the new life that's available that I found on that day when I accepted Jesus as Lord and he set me free. If you would like to know Jesus, I want to pray for you because the same way that I 
accepted what he had done for me, you can accept it today. I didn't have a whole lot of Bible knowledge. I didn't have a whole a whole foundation of of the scripture or or understanding of salvation. I just found out that God loved me and he wants to help me and he sent Jesus to die for me. And I want to tell you today that God loves you regardless of what you've done, in spite of what you've done. He loves you for who you are and he wants to help you today. So right now, just open. us if we choose 
to be saved by him. It all starts with believing. That's the main key to God is to believe. And we want to believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Yes, sir, that was an awesome testimony, Brother Louis. And sometimes people go through things and uh, they try to explain it, but they can't really explain the fullness of it. But they know what they've gone through and they try and tell somebody, but they can't understand. Oh, no, you didn't die this morning. No. If you'd have died, you'd have been gone. No. We can die. God gives us an experience that will show us we really need to come to him in the fullness. And once we come to him in the fullness, he can fix it all for us. Hallelujah. I'm so glad I came to him. I'm so glad I found him. He knew where I was. I didn't know where he was. But he, I went talking and was blessed to find him. And once I found him, I didn't stop seeking him. I continued to seek him. And all my seeking, I got him. I found him. I got him. I, I found out about him and what he can do, what he don't accept. I found many things that blessed me throughout my life. And so over 30 years now, so I'm so uh, grateful unto him because without him today, I can do absolutely nothing. I'm thankful that I can because I need it done his way because when he does something, it really don't add sorrow. And if I can accept what God allows, I am more than blessed. Hallelujah. So listen, if anyone else has something they would like to say, we have a few minutes. And uh, please feel free to come in. If not, I will pray us out, and we pray the Lord bring us back Monday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. Y'all keep me in prayer, um, because on tomorrow I have to go over and I'll be with my family for a while. And then on Sunday I have to go to the prison. And I want to ask you this this morning. If you could send me $20, that would bless me uh, this weekend. Yeah, because I have to go up to uh, two different prisons. And so that would bless me real good. And um, plant it as a seed. Don't just give it, but plant it as a seed. And uh, you can send it through Cash App if you can, because that, that is the quickest way I know. And uh, it come right through and it you know, it don't take forever. And um, I'm pulling up the ID now. The Cash App ID is the money sign, Cash Now 1727. The money sign, Cash Now 1727. So, all right, we thank God and, and we just see how he moved today. And uh, we'll be all right. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word said you have not because you ask not. And Lord, I don't believe I'm asking. I believe I'm asking according to what your word says. I can ask according to the need. So, Father, those that will plant the seed, God, I ask that you would multiply it back to them before the seed is even planted in the name of Jesus. And let it continue to grow financially in their lives in the name of Jesus. Father, there may be some other thing that they need more than money. Do that for them today. Send peace 
and joy and happiness their way in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray that this weekend we'll be great witnesses unto you wherever we go. We'll talk of your wondrous works and make known your deeds among the people. Help us not to be ashamed, God, especially of the gospel, because that's what saved us. Oh, it's got saving power. Hallelujah. And so we thank you. We thank you for hearing and answering as we depart for the weekend. Father, depart from one another. Bless our going out and our coming in. Meet the need in our lives this weekend according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. All we know you're able and there's nothing too hard for you to do. Bless this weekend more than in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory. We give you the honor and praise, Father, for there's none like you. And we trust you. We believe we trust you. And Lord, we patiently wait on you. Again, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another. In the name of Jesus, go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed weekend. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you this weekend. Start May the 5th, 2023. In Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye. And we're going to our last song of the morning. And uh, after this song, I won't be coming back today. Again, have a blessed day, a blessed day. Blessed weekend.
good morning, Mrs. Crowd. How are you? I'm wonderful over here. Yes, I am. Okay. And I see you played it again, stuck. What? What not the testimony again, or what that just Pastor Davis talking? Uh-uh. Uh, uh, uh. What it was? Uh, the first man, he went to hell. Went to hell? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the next one, the lady was on cocaine. I listened to that verse again tonight, because I said, you know I ain't on cocaine, and I shoot on the radio. Okay. Just don't want to go there. But sometimes it ain't just devil serving us in place. Mm-hmm. We imprison ourselves. We imprison ourselves because we look at our own situation and go to judging ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm working on, you guys. That mm-hmm. judgment. Okay. I don't mean to judge people. Okay. So that's all you got to do is work on not judging. Yeah, that judging, and mm-hmm. I mean, I had to work on all that fornication and adultery. I thought I had that under control. Okay. But now, you said I got a whole lot of people out of you. Okay. You, you're not just a little simple case. Oh, that came in here. Uh, at 6.30, boy, she on time. Okay. Not Kevin up, got him off. She said, I'll be back at 1. I said, okay. Okay. Oh, she did, Kevin, and I danced, and I was doing good. All right. She in there like swimwear chair. She doing good. So she get she getting the laundry done. She uh, getting the. She, she, she got a load in the washing machine. I wash them. When she come back at twelve. She gonna ride up, pull it up. Oh yeah, she gets it done. Mopped early this morning. Mm. With some juice, and when she come back, she gonna mop it again. Just having that way she cook free down. Or she ain't just around while she cook. Okay. She make the tacos today and. We gotta get in, we can eat, so help him get dressed for the dance. Mm-hmm. You know how y'all are. People have to, you have to plant down on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm, uh, 19, 1956. I, um, uh, needed a little help. Huh? Oh, I was born in 1956. Well, I was born in 57, Jerry. Oh. You ain't, you ain't but a year older than this. Don't try to be grown. You like, you like to switch around and try and be grown and all. No, no. Yeah, I'm going to
uh, what you're doing ain't an easy thing all the time. So uh, whatever I can do to make it make it lighter for you, that's what I'm gonna do. So, okay. So yeah, anytime on Monday we good. So I see you when you get here. Okay. All right. Have a blessed weekend. You too. You too. All right. Bye bye. Right. Bye bye. Okay, Jerry Crowd, I know that was quick, quick, but I made that as quick as possible. So, if you want to come out here, and uh, she's coming on.